Welcome to the Finding Equilibrium podcast, where we dig deep into the battle of the sexes. Because let's be real, the relationship between men and women is complex, nuanced, and often fraught with tension. Women are expected to be assertive and career-driven, while men are encouraged to embrace their emotions and be more vulnerable. But are we really finding balance and harmony, or are we just creating more confusion? We know that finding true equilibrium requires us to confront the uncomfortable truths and challenge the status quo. So we're showing up to call out the cultural narratives that have shaped our perceptions of masculinity and femininity and examine how we can break free from the constraints of societal expectations and ideations, like why women are pushed to act more like men and why men are becoming more like the women they were raised to protect. So whether you're here to explore this seemingly never-ending battle or simply seeking inspiration to bring your own assets to the table, we invite you to join us for some thrilling and controversial conversation. So today we're talking about health and and relationships. Yeah. 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 So some of us were lucky enough to grow up playing sports and doing things that help mold and shape our bodies so that even when we put on a little extra weight or whatnot, we carry it a little better than some of those who didn't get to grow up doing physical activities like that. I always tell the girls that play volleyball or dance or swimming. Those were always the three big, because they're just legs and butt. But first we should probably talk about the psychology of just attractive people in general. Like the more attractive a, a, a woman or a man is, the better they're gonna do in the social marketplace, not just with relationships, like as far as dating, but also with relationships is just in general, even friendships and work relationships and just overall psychology really says that you're going to see a lot better life. You'd be surprised how two people will go into the same exact situation. One of them will do better just because they're a little more attractive. It might make the difference between getting a job or getting a raise or Especially dependent upon who is the boss in that situation. But yeah. yeah. Well, um, and that's the crazy thing is even a boy that's more attractive is more likely to get a raise from a a man that's his boss than less attractive. We wouldn't think of it like that because we're talking about two heterosexual males, but that's just the psychology of attractive people. Yeah. Life is a little more easy mode for, for attractive people. So it's. You get treated differently, for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the old joke with women is like you get in a car accident or something crazy happens and you, you get out all pissed off and then you see that it's a super attractive woman and your your tone and everything instantly changes and it's just, we're, we're more aware of it than I think anyway. So I think that people really need to take that in perspective because with the generation we live in, we're going through this whole body positivity thing and I think we sell a little bit of a lie to everyone as far as what is and should be attractive. And I've been saying it a lot lately. I'm not seeing a whole lot of that with the men. And I know that everybody's talking like the dad bod thing is a thing, but it's not. Let's be real. It's it's not. Women are always going to choose a less of a dad bod over a beer gut. 
And I think it's just like content and it's just a joke. All inclusive. It's just acceptable. It's acceptable to have the dad bod. It's acceptable once you hit a certain age as a woman. We make all the excuses about, oh, like I'm perimenopausal and my hormones and my thyroid and my this and my that. No, it's just, it's so many other things. And yeah. That- I have big bones. I have big bones. What are you talking about? I have big bones. Yeah. My bones are and, big. Okay. Let's just set the tone here for that. I don't ever discredit any person that has a legit health issue. That That's a whole separate thing. But, right, but it's super for uncommon. the average person, that is right. not it. And you're right, just right. using that as an excuse to justify your inability or want to just be active or eat right. better. You don't want to do it. So you're just reinforcing that it's okay. Yeah. That you don't right. want to go. Body positivity. But here's right. the thing. It's like women's health. We have a whole month on women's health. And cardiovascular health for a woman. Just on average, women's health cardiovascularly is poor because of our diet, because of our lack of exercise. Women just get into this comfort zone or they want to just promote body positivity. So they're like, fuck it. I don't need to do anything with myself. But then what's the end result in that? If if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to have these health issues. Why do you sign yourself up for that? I don't want to sign myself up for that. If I know that there's a way to negate that, by all means, I'm going to do that and not set myself up for all the other risks that women are already at risk for. On on that, I thought of one today that, and this is, I'm sure this is a a bit controversial, but the- That's what we're here for. So body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. is become a a big thing. And again, which keep in mind, like if you know anything about psychology in the DSM and, and whatnot. It wasn't so long ago that there was five or six different psychological disorders. Now there's 500 or something at really short span of time. I don't think the problem is the people. I think the problem is psychology is trying to be all inclusive like everything else. But <laughs> with the whole body dysmorphia thing, it really bothers me because not to say that people don't really struggle with something like that, but I really don't like that we we put a disease on not being happy with our body. In my mind, body dysmorphia would be somebody who is extremely physically fit that has problems with the way they look when they look in the mirror. But typically when you hear women talk about having body dysmorphia, it's a woman that's not anywhere near their peak physical condition. I struggle to to respond because I'm left feeling like I'm sure you're not happy with your physical appearance naked in the mirror because you're you know what you could look like. If you look in the mirror and you're not happy with what then you have a disease. You have a mental disease and it's called body dysmorphia. And I'm just stuck right there. Or maybe you just need to work on putting the mirror instead of Putting, putting a label on it. Yeah. And here's the thing where I get frustrated is that it's not hard. It doesn't have to be that you need to all of a sudden completely flip your lifestyle to 
adjust to something we see on the internet all the time is like, it's all or nothing. It's either you're working out five, six days a week, cutting your calories, doing all the things, or it's, you're just this fat, lazy person. It doesn't have to be one end of the spectrum. And same for things like dad bods. Like you don't have to have a dad bod or bust. Just, you need to get started. You need to know that at the end of the day, your health matters. Your health is the most important thing to me anyway, because if you're not physically healthy, you're not mentally healthy. And and those two things keep your longevity. One of the biggest things that we take for granted is the ability to get up off the floor. And these people that don't take care of themselves, it's as simple as that. Don't you want to get your ass up off the floor if you fall down? And so it doesn't have to be this all like, I'm going to be this gym buff, or I'm going to be the most fit woman in the room. It doesn't have to be like that. But when it comes to basic motion and taking care of yourself and knowing that you're only going to get older, your body's only going to take a harder toll on itself, the older that you get. So why wouldn't you just maximize what you're able to at this point? Right, so that right. you don't end up debilitated and immobile and then worse off because that's a nightmare of mine. I don't ever want to be immobile and in pain chronically to where I can't even enjoy my life because I'm just in a chair in pain all the time because I chose to not take care of myself when I was younger. Like what a shitty thing to then realize when it's too late. Oh, if I just would have took a walk three days a week. I could have minimized everything that I'm dealing with now. And that's what people don't understand. You don't have to go and and push yourself all the time, but just move yourself. People don't move themselves enough. We are so just adapted to this. I'm going to sit in front of a computer for my job because I have to. And then when we come home, we just, we're too tired. So we don't move our bodies and we let that drive the rest of what we do. It's an excuse. That's just the the lifestyle that most people fall into. And it really is a lot less than what people think to just get going and to just start to see progress. It's simply get off your fucking ass, move your body, right. take care of yourself. Right, right. Because the flip side to that is it might not be so hard to get going and get started and make change, but it is going to compound ridiculously fast the opposite way. If you're not getting up and getting down and getting off the couch and stretching and maintaining minor flexibility, you will go old and die tomorrow. That's what I see it all the time with more elderly, the, the more elderly group where they're, they get retired and then they, they stop doing any of the real physical labor type stuff. And if you just watch them age in such a short period of time. You just you have to keep moving and keep doing stuff. And it's just normal for people to be like, I have a bad knee or a bad arm or a bad shoulder or a bad back. And okay, that's a thing for sure. But coming from somebody who's been cut in half and stitched back together, I really struggle with the excuses. There's so much that PT can overcome. And when you talk to big dollar PTs, that's the first thing I'll tell you is that the majority of people do not have the the discipline to regain flexibility or mobility or strength or after minor surgeries and minor accidents. And we're just, we're just fucking weak. We just want to be like, I can't. I, mean, I think that's a thing nowadays is 
people like to be, they like to have a thing. Oh, (laughs) shut the fuck up. It's mindset really is that we've allowed ourselves to just justify that for so long that it's become norm to just have that excuse. We're just weak weak mentally as a society, but especially when it comes to habits and our health and fitness. And yeah, I just, I get that when you are sedentary, it takes time to build that habit up. There is like this slow progression that can happen, but you and I both know. And for me, I've even gotten to the point now in my life where I recognize that even when I'm sick, even when I feel shitty, I Oh, that's the most important time. Yeah, because your immune system responds to that. And honestly, as much as you don't feel like it physically because you just feel like shit, you know that your body needs that. And And I have noticed that when I do work out, when I'm sick, I'm not sick for as long and my symptoms are less. No doubt. Because I I need There's no doubt. And I also have noticed that like we take a long weekend, right? Where like we go out to the boat, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I I try to put in work when I'm out there and there's times where I do. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. We have people out there and I just, I can't get a workout in. And then Monday comes around and I'm just like, I'm pissed at myself. I'm like, I got to get it in. I got to get it in today. And I do. And I noticed in those short couple of days that I didn't work out, how much my body needs to retrain itself to get back to the stamina and the endurance that I had. And it, it goes so quickly. So if you don't stay on top of it, and I think a lot of people struggle with that is they go on this like yo system of exercise and it is hard because when you fall off the wagon, it's that much harder to get back on because you've built your body up to these certain standards. And then you take a couple of days off. That's all it takes. Like atrophy of your muscles. You break a bone. You can't, you know, like it just, it takes so long. But it, it to regain that, but it's so quick, the atrophy that happens. And that's where people are just like, well, fuck, I can't, I give up. It's not worth well, it. Well, they're not noticing that they're, they might be noticing the weight, but they're not noticing the minor loss of mobility and the minor mm-hmm. loss of flexibility and stuff that you just get stiff the next day. Okay. The most important time to stretch is the day after you worked out. And if, if, you're, if that's your routine, and then all of a sudden you have a couple of days where you don't do anything, there's a good chance that you lost a lot of mobility. You'll get it back quick if you get right back to it. So sedentary means to be seated more often than not and somewhat inactive. I'm sure you already knew what that meant, but I did not. So I didn't look it up. So. You think of, of course, I speak to the women. And so when I think of a woman's job, even as a nurse, even as a nurse, I was up and I was active and taking care of my patients. And there were nights where I was at the bedside with a woman who was in active labor for the majority of my shift and I was on my feet. But a lot of the time, on average, if you were to average out all of my shifts, I was on my ass charting, waiting. And you take a desk job, secretary, teacher, like you name a lot of the women's careers, most women are on their ass. Yeah. So let's focus right on 
the sexes for a second. So let's start with the boys because if we're going to be mean, we should be mean to the boys first. That way it's not unacceptable when we're being mean to the girls. Yeah. I, you and I have a little bit different opinion when it comes to the boys. So for from, from a more female perspective, you're going to get really far just by having some decently toned biceps and some decent calves have a little bit of butt on you as a man like if, you, if you've got those couple of things they're, they're going to take you really far even if you're uh, as far as being attractive to women obviously having a big back is going to be the next big bonus but not necessarily quite as important but these things are going to be the things that you know one they're they're going to be commonly noticed by the women especially like biceps and stuff and women tend to attribute those things right to protectability like a, a guy with a big back and good size arms and stuff you're just automatically going to be more attracted to that man from a security perspective since that gives off a very primitive it's like from the perspective of a primate that's the big gorilla I and mean, that's the all the female gorillas are trying to get with the one gorilla so you're trying to be that one gorilla basically but the other perspective is that uh fuck that as far as i'm concerned men just don't have excuse if you're not good body fat for a guy is all the way down around 10 and that's still healthy for a man so if you're not sporting muscle in the right places and and not and I'm not saying you got to be 10% body fat or chiseled in the stomach or any of those things to, to be attractive to a woman. But if, if your height doesn't start with a six, then you damn well better be as close to that, the physique of a warrior. Like what's going to give off that? every Everything that you're missing off that list that a girl is putting out there. You should be that much more dialed in physically. If you're not making 100K and you're not over six foot and maybe you're not super charismatic and articulate and the more things I ramble on, the more you should be living in the fucking gym as a man. Like you just in your whole life, your whole life from right now at 18 until you die forever and always just never get off the path. And you should be ashamed and embarrassed every time you do. Every fucking time. I know it's some bullshit, but I don't fucking care. No, you're right. Because I think everybody, and males especially, but everybody really just needs to be their own competition. And you always just have to be the, you have to beat your own personal record. And why wouldn't you want to, for one? Because it just builds your own confidence, builds your strength, builds physicality builds mental health built like it's a win for everybody but I guess to honor your perspective is like making up for the things that maybe women are overlooking because you don't have six figures you don't you're not six foot whatever like at least you have the physical attraction and right also when it comes to a woman's basic needs is safety and security that when she sees you in your physical state, even if you don't have those other things, if you have the physical state to portray a safe environment, then you're still approachable. 
you're still yeah, oh, yeah. and also I think that goes back to just evolution and biology in that you want a mate that's gonna live a long time you don't want to pick the weak person the person that's gonna die off before you especially as a woman like you want a man that's gonna be able to go through life with you and something well, unhealthy and unfit right and unwell isn't going to be able to protect you and give you that life. So yeah, naturally, I think that it just makes sense that we would pick the more in shape person. On this procreation from a female's perspective, her yeah. main biological driver for picking a mate is who's going to give me the best genes. And even if just because a woman's already had kids doesn't mean that she's going to ignore her biological wants so the and that's the thing with the big strong gorilla is you're going to pick the guy that's the going to give you the big strong gorillas that's how we do the mating works in the entire animal kingdom for the most part we just ignore it a little bit now because we live in this safe space or we pretend we live in this space this safe space but so yeah i think it's pretty cut and dry for men i think it's it's okay to be a little heavy or maybe have a little bit of beer gut and carry a little extra weight, especially as a guy. You're, as, as long as you've got the muscle structure under it to carry. Because that's really what a dad bod is. A real dad bod is a guy that's got muscles. He's got them dad calves. And yeah, like maybe he's got a keg down there instead of a six pack. But he's still... A little cardio alive. and he's back at it. Yeah, I think we we need to look at it more dad bod's still a healthy bod it's just a little heavy not he's falling off the wagon yeah he's got, got no ass no arms and all gut so it's, i mean we shouldn't be so damn surprised when our spouses stop being attracted to us if you if you're getting up there in age and you're getting comfortable and complacent in your marriage and you stop if you get off the fucking path and you look in the mirror and you're not happy with the way you look she probably isn't either I mean, and I don't know how it works for women, but I can tell you from a male perspective that body positivity and all this shit, it doesn't matter how much a man likes a woman. If he's not physically attracted to her in some way, she could be a butterface, she could be just, there's got to be something. But if them clothes come off and... The guy's just not able to find the attraction that he's not going to be able to perform. I don't know if it's like that for girls, but I got to imagine that a girl is not going to be very sexually aroused by a guy that's, you know, takes his clothes off. And you better have a fucking big old swinging dog if you're not doing it. There better be something when you're naked. If it isn't the if it isn't the overall muscle structure, yeah, I think girls and I think girls get off a little easier. I think the people around me they know I'm a little rough on the girls and fitness and that kind of stuff, and I think I'm misunderstood because really girls are so attractive in almost any situation when they're big and they're small and they're chubby and they're skinny and they're there's so many different forms of attractive when it comes to girls you think we're a lot more and just as far as biology is concerned a girl should have more body weight i think it's 20 what what is it like 15 to 25 or something like 18 to like, 22 is normal for a woman and right so yeah that's that more than a man which is normal because right. even i saw a reel the other day and it was just like it was really humbling because as a woman that has bared two kids and also somebody that has struggled with my weight, like 
women always have the midsection. It's always the stomach that is yeah, the oh yeah, and like just below even. But one of the women put out a reel the other day, and it was just like that's your womb, and she showed a very fit, healthy woman who had her lower stomach was protruding more than like somebody that was chiseled. And I don't know if that's even attractive for men to have a woman that has that fucking eight pack, but she was just making a point. That's your environment as a woman. And and that's normal to have that because that's your anatomy and you're supposed to have that because that is what reproduces. And men don't have that because they don't have that gift to be able to do that. And it just humbled me in a way because I was like, yeah, she's totally right. And there, and the body that she was showing was not unattractive by any means. There was like no flaws from what I saw. It was just like, yeah, if you were to compare that to some hard chiseled body versus what she was showing, it was like that, that is a woman to me. And I don't know from a man's perspective, but I think there's a fine line of curves and Excess body fat, there's still a margin that you need to be within to be healthy, but also you shouldn't be within the realm of what a man should have as far as body and things. And I think that almost like when you get into that percentage takes away from the femininity of what beauty a woman really has. And I think that as women, we beat ourselves up to think that if we don't have that, because we see we compare ourselves to what's out there. Right. Usually you're comparing yourself to a younger group of women. Younger women that have not had kids that have been in sports or they've had plastic surgery or whatever the case. And it is what it is. And they're beautiful. And I'm not knocking that either because that's like a whole nother level of fucking positivity. But to a real woman that has gone through life that is a little bit older, that can be one of those things that makes it hard for a woman to want to even step into working on their physical health. Cause they're like, I'll never look like her. Well, the goal isn't right. really to look like that. The no, goal is to not. just be healthy. So when she shared that, I just thought that was super cool. Cause it was like, yeah, there's so much truth in that. And like, why do we beat ourselves up when that's what we're supposed to be? We're not, you can't be 22 years old when you're 35 and had kids. So let's normalize what that is. And right. That's not being lazy and sedentary and in all those things. It doesn't give you an excuse to do that, but just be active and be healthy because the person that you're with most likely isn't a 22 year old man and he's already going to know those things and embrace those things. And like you said, it just comes down to being able to be attracted to and knowing that the effort is there and I think one of the biggest things that women struggle with is that they don't get supported. And I think that if they were supported a little bit more in their efforts, that they would have a little bit more motivation in the expectation not being so high. Women think that men have this high expectation because of what's out there. And that just deters them from wanting to start altogether. Yeah, I got to agree with that. From both perspectives, though, because guys are always going to be most attracted to the 20 to 25 year old girls, even when we're like 90 years old. That's just 
That's our biology. But then the flip side to that is there is no doubt that when a woman is 40 years old and she's had a couple of kids and maybe her hips aren't quite how they were or where they were, or maybe she's got a C-section scars or whatnot, that stuff doesn't bother us at all. Like we don't see that as not being sexy, and especially if it was our kids. If, if it's your husband, he's not going to, that's not a negative at all. It's not a, that's not a negative at all. And one thing that the boys and the girls really need to take to heart, this is super important. You, if you want to get rid of, if, if you're healthy and fit and, and, and you've got, let's say you're a boy and you're down to under 20% body fat and you got them little love handles and you're trying to get rid of them or you're a girl and you're down to, to 20% body fat. And, and, and keep in mind that it's not very healthy for a girl to get much under 20%. Like it's, if nothing else, she's going to be tired all the time and it's it, yeah it's especially if she's young enough that she's still her body's still got a menstrual cycle and stuff you really shouldn't be getting down to a point to where you can have a six-pack as, as a woman it's just typically not super healthy but my point is just that little bit of pouch in the front or that little bit of love handle in the back that is a lot different than losing weight in general like if you're overweight you're obese and you're trying to to make changes and stuff it's going to be a lot easier to see them five pounds and 10 pounds and that weight shed off. Might not be exactly where you want it to fall off from. You might be super hoping that it's going to come from your belly and instead it's coming right off your boobs and your ass. Like I, I know it sucks, but my point is just that you have to take it to a level of fucking craziness if you want to get rid of that 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 little bit of love handle or that little bit of, of what's left. If you're to the point, if you're a what's left kind of person, then you need to know that all the shit that you did to get there, it ain't been the, it ain't that last step. The last step has to be a really big jump of effort and discipline if you really expect to get rid of those things. And it's tough from a girl's perspective because as far as girls we're so attracted to girls in general. You don't have to be super attractive and super fit and super, you know, this or that. But at the same time, if you are trying to to not feel like you settled and get the man that you really want, and you're 40 years old and you're on your second try or whatever the situation is, we have to talk about the fact that the number one thing to a guy is the way his woman looks. It's obviously we have our own list of, of things that we want a woman that's a nurturer and is loyal and in these things but more than anything we, we want a pretty girl and it, for guys it's a lot easier for us to supplement those things we're not super attractive maybe we're tall or maybe we have money maybe we're charismatic maybe we're hung like a horse maybe we've got something that can really help us to make up for our lack of being physically fit but with women i feel like it's so much more important if you're 35 40 years old and you're trying to get a guy that's 35 40 years old and he makes good money and he's most of the things on your list you damn well have a better understand that you're gonna have a hell of a lot better chances if you are going to the gym on a regular basis and like I said, it really comes back to how you're carrying it. It's not about being that 25-year-old volleyball girl like you were just saying. It's more about making sure that there's a good base there and that the things that are out of shape are a shape. 
and not formless. Like I say that a lot. If, you're, if your clothes are keeping everything right where they're supposed to be, then those are things that you should be working on. And like I said, it's some of us, we grew up playing sports. And it's just easy for us, easier for us, because we've got a base. So I get that. Like I got all kinds of ass. I grew up playing hockey and baseball and playing catcher and soccer and just all the different things that just made my legs and my calves and my ass and stuff strong on their own. And then all of a sudden one day it was like, oh, that's cool that I have these attributes that I wasn't really trying to, I don't really, I don't really have big biceps. That's all, that's my negative is for somebody that spent so much time in the gym growing up. And that's the thing is it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's something that from the boys, you can't get off the fucking horse. And it's what we were talking about with getting older. The older you get, the more you got to stay on the fucking horse. When I hear the people close to me talking about all oh, this and that, about my, my elbow and my shoulder, and it's too hard and I don't have time. All right. Well, if you're 25, 30 and you're in good shape and you don't have time, okay. But if you're 40 and you're not in shape, and you're hoping to keep your wife until forever, maybe you should fucking find time. Because I think that when long relationships are over, we look back and we realize that we weren't all the things that we could have been. And then you're just going to spend the rest of your life feeling guilt and ashamed and embarrassed for waiting until life smacked you in the dick before you decided to get off your ass and do the things just stay on the fucking path it doesn't have to be ridiculous you have to work out 10 times a week but i guarantee your life's going to be better all right and mm -hmm. i think that's just it is that so many people get comfortable when they get committed in relationships that oh yeah they feel like they can just let themselves go and for me and i can't speak for most women because I've had so many friends that are just like, they're accepting of who they are, which is great. I am all for that. Accept yourself for who you are. Love yourself for who you are. I am a huge advocate for that. But also I know because I have been at a point in my life where I was not happy with where I was with my physical appearance, period. That's all it was. Like, I'm just going to speak on that. And the gratification that has come with just the discipline and the progress and then the outcome of all of that has given me so much more than the complacency of being content with mediocre for myself. It has nothing to do with how other people see me or what it's going to gain for me. It's really just about the gratification of self. And the ability to feel good, the ability to know that like, if I had to outrun a bear, it's <laughs> like I could, and just like the biology <laughs> of <laughs> my body being at the best that it's ever been at my age is something that gives me gratification and it's an accomplishment. And for me, that's what it is. It's just like, how can I be a better me tomorrow than I was today? And I know that might be far-fetched for a lot of people in the stage of life that they're at, but really that's all my goal is every fucking day. Mentally, physically is how can I be a better person today than I was yesterday? 
And I'm not comparing myself to any of those people out there that you see on Instagram. I'm not comparing myself to my 22 year old self, because honestly, my 22 year old self was more unhealthy than I am today. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have to understand the situation that you're putting yourself in by the actions that you're taking and knowing what those consequences are, whether they're going to be good consequences or poor consequences is you just, you have to be okay with that. And I guarantee you that most people aren't really okay. It's unsettling probably to think that as a 35 year old woman who is way overweight and unhealthy to accept the fact that she could come down with heart disease or diabetes tomorrow and be immobile by the time she's 40. Those are the things that I think about. I want to be so prepared physically and mentally to be able to withstand the test of time in my life. Life happens and we all know that and shit could happen and I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and take my ass out. But if I have control over the situation, I'm going to take control over what I can take control of. And that is how I show up for myself every day, like physically, mentally. And it definitely, for men and women, has a great impact on the relationship. And yeah, yeah. yeah, your spouse loves you, right? That's why they're with you. But like you said, if there's not that attraction, and also I think it's sexy to just have somebody that has some sort of aspiration. Like who wants a bump on the log to just be like, yeah, this is me. This is what you get for the rest of your life. Nobody wants that. I, it's funny because I always, the main reason I always worked out was to look good when my clothes were off. Just to get right down to the, the cut of it, there was a give a fuck about all the rest of the stuff. I spent my whole youth trying to come up with all the things that were going to impress the girls. And half the shit that I'm good at is because I thought the girls would think it was cool. And really, that's not, that's, that shit's fleeting. Girls think that shit's cool for five fucking minutes just like girls think you're funny until you're married to them and then you're just obnoxious like it's so the thing for me now though is and you and i work out quite a bit so we don't notice this as much when especially after the accident when i wasn't working out and and you don't notice the whole there's no way to have a strong mind without a strong body you're there you can all these apps that you can download and all these intelligence things and IQ things and so it's all fucking bullshit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And if you don't have a healthy body, you will not have a strong mind. And you will not carry that strong mind into your old age. So if you want to fight off all these things that come with like dementia and Alzheimer's, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know the causes to those things, but I guarantee you that your chances are going to be significantly better better to carry your intelligent mind into that old age if you're doing physical activity on a regular basis. And somebody that's working out every day and taking cold showers is going to be the sharpest, strongest mental version of themselves. And I don't think that people realize that and they really take for granted what waking up and doing just a little bit of calisthenics and a quick finish to their cold shower and whatnot is going to change their life immediately i don't really consume caffeine and whatnot and i don't have a problem with being tired and i only sleep six hours if i'm lucky so i attribute a lot to my physical activity and my my cold showers and i'm trying to kill myself half the time i'm a little different than maybe 
most people are, but I think that people really need to understand that men, our testosterone level hits the dirt when we've been married for a minute. Like your biology says that is an intentional thing by our bodies to keep us in our family. Like the testosterone is the number one thing that's making guys want to procreate with every woman that they see. And being in a healthy marriage with kids is going to make your T levels crash. That's just, that's science. So if you're going to just sit there and sit on the couch and not fight that off, then it's going to cause all kinds of havoc in your life. And it just really comes down to the whole staying on the path thing. Like you, you, the thing you said about how you shouldn't compare yourself to just fight the person the day you were before. I'm always torn with that both ways because I feel like one, I definitely agree that if you need a nemesis, you could find one inside easier than anywhere else. But there's no doubt that having somebody to compete against and whatnot is going to help sharpen yourself faster. You put a couple guys in a room and it's, I'm going to be stronger than you. I'm going to be stronger than you. Like you just, I'm not fucking setting the weights down. Well, then neither am I. I was just. It's definitely like a thing that's going to carry a little further. But the, the main thing with that is just that with women, we just find a women attractive. Like we find women, as I said, I said that we find most women attractive. That's just a thing like with guys, when you look at the dating apps and whatnot, like most guys find most women attractive. It is not the same the other way around at all. The women only find... 20% of the men attractive. And the thing with the, the women aren't really competing with each other as much as they think they are. Like the men, you just had to be the best man of the, the 20 guys that she knew. Now you got to be the best man of all of fucking Instagram. Like she's going to be comparing you to, to every version of you that she can think of. And you need to know that shit going in. So you better have all your other ducks in a row if you don't have the things that you know and you don't i guarantee that we're not talking to you if you're making 150 dollars a year and you're athletic here's the thing you don't want your wife fantasizing or fucking the younger dude or the stronger dude or the dude with more money or what the idea is to try and keep your spouse in that that days where she's what's the word when a woman's just head over heels for a guy she she looks at him like he's when a woman's really into a guy she doesn't see anybody else she's not going to be looking at all the movie stars and if if you can fill those roles for her then you're going to keep her in that place for forever hopefully like it was it's just the difference between like women love men in a very opportunistic way. So if you're, if there's a better opportunity, then you, it doesn't mean she's just going to leave you, but you definitely aren't putting yourself in the best position. Men love women more idealistically, where idealistically basically means unrealistically. Like we love women. We love the idea. We love the, it's like a mental that's the whole trophy thing like we glorify our woman to the point to where she feels like we're a piece of shit because we put her so high up on a pedestal and i think that guys get complacent and they lose that that days that they got that the girl was in when they met him and even worse maybe your girl was settling for you in the first place so you're already going into it with 
a not so sturdy foundation. That's the tough thing with getting with women when they're a little older. They're in a hurry to settle down. Like I really see women get out of long relationships at 35 and then marry the guy in 25 seconds after they get together. And then they have kids like 25 seconds after that. And it's just well, one of them kids are like 18. I bet they're going to split up. Maybe not. Which is interesting not. to me because but. it's like the more experience that a woman has, the less that would seem to be the result. What do you mean? If you've gone through a marriage and maybe prior relationships and you probably have other kids, what is the rush to get settled down again and have more kids if you've had all those failed ventures prior to? What has changed and what do you think that you're going to gain from landing this new guy and creating this new life? Like, I just, I think women are so quick to jump to the next thing in hopes to find the thing that they've always been fucking searching for. They've never really given the time of day. They've never right. taken the time to work on themselves to be able to put themselves in the situation that they really want to be in. And so it's, it's just that like, biological it's, clock, though. It's tick, yeah, tick, ticking. Like if like, they're almost 40, oh man. This is this trial and error for both her and the men in trying to figure it out. And it goes back to the whole thing of they don't even know what the hell they want because. They are thinking that they want this thing because society's telling them that they are 40 years old. And now they need to have kids and they have to settle down. They have to have this family and they need to find this man that has all these things. And not all women want the same things. Right. But- yeah. But if she hasn't had kids by 40, her body's going to be screaming at her. Like she's, she, you're out of time. If you're 35 time- and you don't have kids, you're out of time. Yeah, but if she hasn't had time because she's been in her career or in other relationships that aren't feeding her and the right reasons, she's really going to struggle to find the right situation when she's 40 to be able to do that. Oh, she ran out of time. Your job as a woman is to find the right situation before you're 38 years old. You got to. You, got, you put too much time into your career if you didn't. Because you don't get to procreate until the end of your life like we do. A woman's lucky to be able to procreate that's, after 40 years old. Where relationships fail, and that's why we get so complacent. The whole idea of a relationship in general, whether you start in your 20s or you start in your 30s or you're divorced and remarried in your 40s, nobody really knows because nobody's given themselves the appropriate discipline, the time, the work that it takes to really figure it all out before you get into that situation. And so I think we just, get into these situations by default and we try to work it out we we really do maybe we are putting in our best effort but at the end of the day it's we're just not doing the things the simple things taking care of ourselves and like you said oh we make these excuses like oh I'm tired and I don't want to work out because I'm tired and I, I did all this today but realistically if you were to just expend that energy working out, you would find that you would have more energy at the end of the day and you would actually sleep better and that would put you in a better mood. And there it would just put you in a, a situation to where you would respond to your spouse in a different way. You would approach life differently. Like it's such a cycle that we take for granted and it's so simple. And I think that we're so focused on the wrong things that if we were just stop and take care of ourselves first and realize the effect that just something as simple as physical activity on a regular basis has on a person, that the answers aren't 
all the things that we go out searching for. The answer really is just take the fucking time on your lunch break to work out half an hour. Take care of your fucking self first. If you're trying to land all these other things in your life, whether you're 22, 32, 42, you cannot ever find what you're looking for outside of what it is that you're doing for yourself. And if you think that you can take care and nurture this man and take care of this family that you want to create when you're 40 and you haven't yet taken the time to do that for yourself, good fucking luck. I honestly think it's so much more simple than what we make it. And there's so many podcasts, so many people out there that are talking about the comparison and that this is, you have to do this to please this person. And you have to be this to do this. No, you, it's simply taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I think we, I always think back to a conversation I had with, I was sitting around a campfire one night talking to all of my friends' wives. And I remember preaching my typical shit about how girls need to not let themselves go to shit if they're expecting to be attractive into their middle age. And all of the girls just got right on me about how men are supposed to just love them as they fall apart. And I just had such an overwhelming sense of I would never want to be with a woman that expects me to just find her attractive when she's not. And I don't understand the, if nothing else, what if something happens? What if something happens? You got this great life, this great marriage, and you're 40 years old, and they fucking cheat, or they leave you, or they die. Like, what the hell? And you're just a fucking slob. And now you're 40. It doesn't just go back together. It doesn't just, I don't. I wish. I'm just, I'm always blown away at people's perspectives on how they think that it's just, you're going to love me for me. And, and what's the first thing that people do when that stuff happens? The first thing that that you do is you go to the damn gym. Even if if a woman leaves her husband because he's this, that, or the other thing, typically the first thing she's going to do is start working on herself. Why didn't you do those things? It's like you were just saying. If the two people had just been working on themselves while they were in the marriage, then there's a lot less chance that they would have been looking outside the marriage or been so much less respect for each other and just and look man if you're a fucking slob you're not going to have a lot of confidence you're not going to have a lot of sexual prowess you're not going to be you're just not a fucking man so you you can't expect your woman to be attracted to you and and same thing for the women woman right exactly exactly it's the same it's the same thing for the women where it's if you're just letting yourself go and you're a slob and you're formless. There's women at his work, maybe. There's women at his kids' school. There's going to be guys already. I already was just talking about how guys are genetically wired to procreate with as many different women as they can. Like, you got to understand that when a guy is being faithful, it's not quite the same as a woman being faithful. A guy being faithful is very much a choice because we can we can have sex with so many different women and it doesn't really fuck up our pair bonding ability and it doesn't really 
necessarily even mess with loving somebody. Like a guy can really be in love with somebody. And I really struggle to feel the same way the other way around. If your woman cheats on you, it's fucking done. I'm not saying that you should stay with your man if he cheats on you. That's on you. But you can definitely still go on to have a great marriage and whatnot. But for the most part, if your woman's cheating on you, so just it's already all gone to shit. It was over months before she months. took that yeah, action. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's our responsibility as men to to check all these boxes. And when our women leave us, I just was talking about how women are opportunistic. So if you make yourself the shittiest opportunity, then the guy at work. And you got to understand that relationships are drama anyway. So if your relationship is drama all the time, and every time you talk to your spouse, it's about the bill that's late or the shit that's not fixed or the stuff that's not done, I guarantee that them them work wives and work husbands and all that bullshit, they don't have those conversations with those people. That's how affairs and shit start is the people that they're chatting up. It's just good stuff. It's just, and if it's bad stuff, it's about their fucking spouse. So it's, you're teaming up. Oh yeah, how, how fucking terrible. I completely understand where you're coming from. And it's, we don't even realize what we're doing. And like you said, with women, it's, it, the shit happened months ago. You're too fucking late. By the time you find out there's some shit going on, and maybe she's not cheating on you. She's just thoroughly unhappy. It's too late. It's too late. When a woman's respect is gone for you, then so is the relationship. You try and drag it along, but it's just not ever going to be what it was. That's the ultimate bridge to try and build, rebuild right there. Is And a lot of times a woman will be the one kicking you off your path. Because it'll be like, you're going to the gym again? Or we really should be putting time into this? Or we should be putting effort into that? And you can't let somebody push you off your path because especially when it's a woman one day there's a good chance she's not going to be there and you're going to look back at them days that you weren't walking the path and you were just fucking up the whole time Mm. so many things so many things in what you just said there's so many different components in one is that most of the time couples don't have the same goals one might have aspirations for something the other one doesn't so they don't champion the person that they're with because they don't share that same mindset or the same goals. Like you said, before they can even hit the gym, they're getting like discouraged to go to the gym. So then why would they have reason to go? Because really that spouse is doing it not only for themselves, but like they, they want to be a certain person for their spouse. But if that spouse isn't championing the progression, then they have something else going on anyway they're not really in it for that person because if they were they would support that and thinking that's a good thing and I think a lot of it comes down to insecurity of it's usually the women who are insecure and they're like well if you're gonna get fit then you're gonna leave right yeah and and then what now I got I don't want to do all that work yeah and I don't want to step my game up because I don't want to put in the effort because that fucking sucks and you're just gonna be with me anyway for sure the other part there's so many things that you just said that I was had little side notes too is the one thing that I absolutely love 
I love because it's competition with myself, but it's also let's build together. And that's, that is what a relationship needs to be. It's a build together. And so if you are feeling some type of way because your spouse is trying to better themselves, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, in a job, whatever it is, if you really care about that person, you will at least act interested for one, but also hopefully support the effort. And it's not about you. It's, it has nothing to do about it. Maybe you're going to reap the benefits. I'm sure. Yeah. You're going to benefit, but it's not about it. But it, it probably the reason why and it might be a little bit about you, but it's really not. And I love working out with Chris. I, I love it because it's like this inner competition with myself because right. I won't bitch out. And like me right. not bitching out, he won't bitch out. And then we just push each other. But then it's, it's that friendly competition in our relationship that builds our strength in our relationship, but also like our physical strength. Because it's like we're pushing ourselves more and more because we are the competition, but we're also in competition with ourselves. And it's not, I don't ever leave a workout. He's a man, I'm a woman. I don't ever look at him and I'm not comparing my workout to his workout. Not like, well, I should be I'm gonna look this much. It's just the fact that here we are showing up for our physical health and we're doing something together. And that's the really cool thing, I think, if anything else. If you can just get to the gym together. Yeah. What a great opportunity to spend time together. Yeah. And it's not about, okay, you start with body weight. You start with that. Fucking fantastic. Let's honor that. Go from there. Go and just keep keep making progress. That's all it is. Just keep showing up. Nobody is concerned. The only person that's concerned about where you are is you. And I think that as a couple, that is one of the coolest and most beneficial things that you can do together. Because like you said, physical strength breeds mental strength. And not only are you gaining physical strength, which means that you're gaining assets that the person that you're with is going to benefit from because they're going to appreciate that. They're going to see the effort and they're going to find that attractive. And then you are gaining the self-worth that it's going to build your confidence and make you this person that you ultimately want to be, but also somebody that your spouse can see. And it, it just builds so, it's so many layers. It's not just about physical strength. The simple, oh, I just don't want to work out because he's going to have to settle for me bullshit. They don't right. understand how much really they can gain from a simple couples workout, 30 minutes of cardio together, do that for a couple of weeks and see what happens to your relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. And from the guy's perspective, this is, a, and I spent my whole life thinking I was shallow and I, maybe I am, but the, the truth of the matter is like a minute ago when you were talking about all those things that a girl brings to the table, for the most part, guys don't, we don't see I think girls think that a lot of the things they bring to the table are super important and they're just not to guys. Like girls tend to project on us what they want from us. So they want a guy that's independent and confident and interesting and charismatic and a good 
monetary provider and all these things. And for the most part, it, it's super not the same way for guys. Like I was saying earlier about how the most important thing to us is how a woman looks. And it's just, it's so true, especially the older you get as a woman, the more you trying to, to hold on to your youth is going to be of a benefit to you because that's what you're being compared to is the age group underneath you because that's that's what guys do. Like I said, we, we see that 20 to 25 year old woman, that's always going to be the perfect model female for drawing a picture of a, of a sexy woman. That's what it's going to be of. So men, we're not like that. We can be attractive and distinguished end of being 50 years old or more sometimes. And I think that women, they get caught up because they're like, I got this fucking awesome sex game or I got that got 2000. And you got to understand that we're grossed out. Yeah, that's really cool. But at the same time, it's not. And we don't care about all your experience and stuff is really more of a negative and your money tends to be a little more for you than it is everybody else and i'm not always talking about everybody obviously good relationships that started when you're young they tend to have open bank accounts they tend to have a lot more mutual stuff going on but when you get older and you get in a relationship 35 plus you tend to keep separate bank accounts and keep things a lot more separate than you did with those younger relationships and women need to hear the fact that their looks and their youthfulness is their number one asset, their number one commodity when it's when we're talking about the marketplace of of middle age. And like I said earlier, guys, we have a lot of other things that we can mix in there and make up for, for lack in here. We've got something over here. We can put a bunch of energy into this or that. And if a woman makes more than me, really, that a smart man's going to see that as a negative. First of all, like if a woman's coming into a relationship making more than her man, then there's a good chance she's hoping that man's going to scale. Girls do okay with temporarily being the higher monetary income for the main provider or whatnot, but for the most part, when you look at these interviews of, of tons of women. They're not equipped for long-term monetary provisions the way that men are. And it's that joke that I make all the time about how a guy will fall in love with the girl that works at McDonald's, even if he's worth a million dollars a year. And you're never going to see that the other way around, no matter how good the guy looks. Now, I'm not saying it's all looks. It's not. There's other things that are important, too, for sure. And I don't want to take this to a place to where girls think that they should be working out for size and mass and strength and that those things are all masculine like the you know not that you can't look good as a woman with the visible muscle structure you can no doubt but once your back starts getting big and you start chiseling in a six-pack and stuff where i'm always caught between i want a feminine woman that's soft and nurturing but at the same time if i wasn't home and it's my wife and kids and somebody's trying to force their way into the house or some kind of bad situation is happening. I also don't want a woman that's so feeble that she can't protect herself or her family. And, and I don't want women to think that because women, when they study in martial arts and when they study in fighting and stuff, they tend to find out very fast that 
a, a much less version of a male is going to be dominant to a female. So if you're, you've been learning to fight for a lifetime as a female, that doesn't put you in a safe place with a, a, a man that's even a mediocre fighter because that's just the way that's just the way of boys and girls. But at the same time, without being masculine, I'd still like my spouse to have her best shot of keeping herself safe and keeping my family safe. And women already have a false sense of security nowadays where they think that they can just wander around wherever they want at whatever time and whatever situation. And that shit just drives me fucking bonkers because nobody's hiding in the bushes trying to abduct me, first of all. And the reality is, if they were, they probably could. If you got to jump on a guy, you could probably abduct him without too much trouble. So when women walk around the streets thinking that they're so capable that they don't need to be escorted or whatnot, and it just it blows my mind. So I'm like caught in between all those things. I want a strong woman that's, you know, soft and feminine. I know, I know that doesn't make any fucking sense, but. No, it does. And that's just it is like women, they have the capabilities to be both. And I think that so many women just don't have the self-worth to really have the aspiration to do both. And I think they feel so conflicted to do one or the other because I'm either going to be this hot Instagram model or I'm going to be this housewife and or I'm going to be this badass CEO and I can't do all the things. Um, But really, it's just a balance. It's honestly not as hard. And come at me as much as you want, but I will let you know in real life that it's possible because I found that balance. It's just about prioritizing. And I know it's hard. I know it sucks. It's trying. But if you make that a priority and to all the benefits that has, and you know, that's something that's going to strengthen your marriage, strengthen yourself, mind, body, soul, it's going to benefit your household. Your kids are going to be modeled your behavior. So if you are building your physical strength, if you're having these habits and you're paying attention to what you consume, you are setting the example for the generation that's to follow and not just for yourself, but also in a relationship standpoint, like this is what a healthy relationship looks like. You have healthy competition. You do things, you set aside time to work out together. You prep your meals and you prepare them correctly and you don't feed your body shit because that is not what you need. And I just think survival of the fittest and and the more that you're able to pour into yourself, the better you're able to pour into others, into your relationship, into your kids, into, for me, for business. I can't preach something that I don't practice. I can't say, hey, here's the way, but I'm not fucking going down that path. Good luck to you. No, I had to go through all the shit and I have to go through all the shit to be able to correctly share that with you because I see the benefit because I'm reaping the benefits. I, I see that. I understand that. And I know sometimes it's hard truth, but it really is. Yeah. You're going to have those things. Like you said, oh, we've got to have conversations about the bills being paid and whatever. And so fuck what? But when you are at a physical and mental ability, then those things are, become easy because you've not as dramatic. You've worked on yourself. You've worked in your relationship. Now you can have those conversations on an even keel where it doesn't become an argument. It doesn't become drama. 
it's just life. So when you can attack yourself on a day-to-day basis, you can attack life in such a way that life doesn't attack you, you attack life. And I honestly do believe that it comes down to the discipline that you put onto yourself. No, I don't think that every person needs to join a gym, go to CrossFit. But I really do believe that if you're not willing to put in the effort for yourself to just be a healthy human, then how in the hell do you expect to have a healthy relationship, a healthy environment, to be a healthy role model for your kids, to have healthy emotional regulation? You just can't. And so I I think that we overlook the importance of just taking care of yourself and understanding how much it unfolds onto every other area of our life. Yeah. The, because we're sitting here talking about relationships, but you talking about examples brings up the best point of all. Like you're, so when kids are 14 to 26 or something like that, they're biologically wired to think that their parents are fucking idiots. This is to keep from inbreeding. This is to keep inbreeding from happening. So when a child gets to about 14, they really stop respecting a lot of the stuff they hear from their parents. This isn't always the case, but they're definitely considerably less receptive. And this is so that they'll leave the household. This is so that they'll start to see themselves as superior enough to take care of themselves. And the crazy thing is you watch the uh, their friends and their friends as parents will become their replacement role models and they'll be they'll preach the same shit and be 10 times more receptive to it than when you're saying it. and this oh, is I normal wish, i wish my mom was like her yeah yeah no shit yeah. so and then to grow is, up and realize that you were so grateful that your mom was nothing like her <laughs> and that's the thing once you get to be about 25 it, it literally flips like a switch and all of a sudden you're like your parents become the most intelligent people in your life again yeah. and the main takeaway from there is like i always say that women raise the, the the children so women raise kids until they're five six seven years old and then it's really the the father's responsibility to raise the children at that point and and really that means a lot more of a hands-off approach so raising the children as a father a lot of time more means restricting the mother like the i can't remember but there's a term for that that is really important and completely escapes me right now but the point is it's like the smothering mother like when you over parent when a kid falls down you're not supposed to pick him back up he'll just he'll cry in a way that'll draw you over there he's going to subconsciously keep keep wiring in those habits it's for attention it's not for pain right and there's so much to it because it's going to be like it's a dopamine response where mommy comes and picks me up and so the, the problem becomes you know what are you supposed to do to teach these kids when they get to this point to where they're they looked up to dad until they're 14, but now all of a sudden they look up to nobody. And that's when it becomes the most important time in your life to be the example, because everything that psychology says about raising kids says that to fuck all with whatever you think you're going to teach them, you're really teaching them what you're doing. You can preach all you want, but if you're a fucking slob and an alcoholic and you're depressive and not going to work and doing all these fucking things, that environment's going to rub off on your children 
way more than any amount of and like you just said who are you to fucking preach if you're not the example of what you preach anyway you know how are you supposed to educate someone because like we're sitting here trying to educate a populace but as a parent you're doing exactly the same thing to your kids and you will not create good humans if you are not a good example of a good human no matter what you tell them yeah, no matter what. And I tell you what, a statistic I, I come up with yesterday, and I've read this in a couple of different places, but the surprising thing for children's health, for children's physical health, is that the number one most impactful thing in a child's life when it comes to child's health is the mother's health. So if a mom is fit and athletic, then you can damn well bet that the children now once they pass adolescence and they start to become teenagers there's all kinds of different stuff that rolls into this but when we're talking about children when they're young and they're not quite teens the mom being healthy it directly correlates into the children being healthy and i think that sitting here talking about all the stuff we're talking about we forget that more important than the relationship that we have with our spouse. And most psychology says your spouse should be first because your kids will destroy your relationship with your spouse. But I don't know. I've always struggled with that one because you've only got a finite amount of time to create this, this child. And we're stuck thinking, I grew up thinking that kids are a blank slate and you get to turn them into whatever the fuck you want them to be. And that is not the case. Siblings. They grow up in the same environment with the same parents and they become two completely different people. So, oh, wildly different in some cases. Yeah, I don't really think it has anything to do with that at all. Or really similar. Sometimes they grow up to be almost twins. And that's the thing is that it's a genetic roulette and you're going to get what you get when it comes to your kids. That doesn't mean that it's not important to be the best shepherd that you can and to do your best at, at, at creating the best environment. But that really, that's the point is at some point you got to realize that your example is one of the only things that you can really do when it comes to raising good children and for the women, for the girls too. Like it's definitely, I know we, we raise boys and girls differently, but we don't necessarily set different examples for them. If you want your kids to grow up and be healthy, then be healthy and you want them to have healthy relationships then show them what a healthy relationship is don't stay in relationships that aren't healthy don't be so weak that you can't get out of what's familiar don't be so soft that you're carrying around the fucking pain of yesterday all the time because they'll just do that same shit that you're doing Hmm. i hope not i hope not and that's the point is that my kid my my kid's a great example. My kid's an extreme introvert and he doesn't love to, to put himself out there and he doesn't love to kill himself. He's not into the self-destruction the way that I am. I fucking love it. I love it. But I see it in him when I'm like, let's do this. Or let's do that. And it's, oh, he definitely wants to fight. He definitely wants to be stronger and better and compete and become a monster. And it's, I don't think any of that comes from me telling him how he should be. Mm-hmm. I think it's that when I drag him into the dojo and into the weight room and stuff, it's, I'm not a little bitch. 
So you're not going to be either. Yeah. Like when I said, are you speaking to me? It's just because I was in that situation for a really long time until that's like the whole taking care of your physical health thing circles back is you cannot take care of your best interest, let alone the best interest of other people, the people that you care about the most. So whether you're in a relationship or you have kids to think about, you cannot give them the best that they need if you cannot be the best and give the best to yourself. Have you yeah. ever heard the oxygen mask analogy? Yeah, that's why they say that. Put that's your oxygen mask down before you apply anybody else's. Like, yeah. you, you can't yourself. save anybody else if you're already passed out. And I I was young. I was so young. I was in my late teens, early 20s in this whole thing. And I just didn't know that. I didn't have a clue. And I thought that I was staying for all the right reasons until right. one being a good day. Wife. Yeah, the, I wanted family and all the things that they tell you that you need to have. They don't tell you to build yourself up. They don't tell you that you're the most important person in the equation to be able to have that viability that you're looking for. No matter how much effort you put into, no matter how much time you stay, it doesn't come down to that. It comes down to yourself. And I stayed in that relationship for all the wrong reasons and thinking that I was protecting both me and my daughter. Right. And allowing damage that you're going to carry on to your next relationship. So I was like, not only are you think you're doing what's right mm-hmm. for your family, but then the the long term, it ends up being a huge negative because not only are you being weak by staying with what's familiar, but you're allowing damage in everybody else's life that's going to carry on in your life later on. Like you, you did a good job of becoming the version of yourself you needed to be to work yourself out of that but typically it's the opposite scenario where that kind of damage is going to stick with a woman for the she's going to keep taking it into all of her next relationships and she's going to every she's not going to believe a goddamn thing that any man ever says ever again right every man's a narcissist now so it's you're really protecting yourself when you put yourself first, when you put your oxygen mask on first and you really step back and say, am I getting and doing what's best for me? And am I giving and doing what's best for the people that I care about? And am I being blunt with what's important to me? Because we always say beating around the bush with men isn't going to get you anywhere. So before it's been 2,000 months too many and you've already mentally headed down the road, you know, it's best to sit a guy down and, and just say, you know, I'd be a hell of a lot more attractive to you if this or if that or. The, and I know that it's less sexy when you got to tell a man what you want. I'm like, I wish he would just know what I'm thinking. I wish he would just know what to buy me for my birthday. I wish he would just know. You really don't. You don't wish those things. You think you do because it would be nice, but we're not women. We're men. And we're wired completely differently. And if we did those things and we're all those things, then... I want to be with you. Yeah, exactly. We'd be your girlfriend instead of your boyfriend. And I'm not advocating that you shouldn't try and know what she's trying to convey to you and you shouldn't try and write everything down and remember the fucking things and the dates and the 
the important things to her because that's what's important to her. So make it important to you. But for women to pretend that guys' minds function on that level, we don't think like that. We don't remember those things. We don't, we're just, it's the whole love language thing. And it's very typical. The boys are pretty typical on what their love language is. We do a terrible job of projecting that. This is what I like presents. So he probably likes presents. No, he, he does like presents. He likes fun bedroom time better. Like, just, she likes fun bedroom time. She probably likes presents better. Like, you got to figure out the things and do the things, and then they can reciprocate. And if women could do better at just taking care of each other, instead of being like, yeah, baby, he should know what the fuck. You need to be like, no. <laughs> Why would you expect him to fucking know what you're thinking? Did he ever before? Yeah, women are very bad champions for each other, for sure. Oh, no doubt. And we are so in this whole mindset of we got to protect the woman. It's always the woman. It's we never, ever have I ever been in a situation where women are talking about a man and they side with the man. Oh, yeah. Ever. To yeah. where they look at the perspective and say... Even if it's so obvious that the girl yeah. is way the fuck out of line. Yeah, they were girl. protect the man in yeah. that situation. It's always, he did this and you could do better. And I think we do such a poor job of championing each other and championing what a relationship should be. And like, no relationship is perfect. Anytime a woman gets frustrated or feels like her man is belittling her and then she turns it around and belittles him for that we are so good at damaging one another that we don't ever really stop and think that maybe just maybe all we need to do is have a conversation and when we're having that conversation we need to realize that we talk and communicate differently yeah so guys okay with that that's what i'm saying is be okay with the fact that your guy is short and cold and non-communicative and doesn't notice the small things and find workarounds. You want to have emotional availability from a man that you got to figure out how. That's the crazy thing with relationships nowadays is men have to know so much about women. We got to know so much about how a woman works if we're ever going to get laid. And women do not need to know shit about a man. But why? Why can't women just talk about that. Maybe we should do an episode about what women really just need to say or what women should. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem is it's such a turnoff for women when they have to. And and on top of that, I think that the more research I do about the psychology of a woman's wants is it, it, because it's so much of a, a mystery that I'm finding that it's really common for women not to have a fucking clue what they want either. And that is some mind-blowing shit when you're sitting there in a therapist's office and the the woman just can't even really define what it is that's missing or that she wants or that it's guys. I always come back to sex, but the guy's just going to go in there and be like, she's not touching me anymore. And then it's going to be like, what's going on there? He this and he that, and then the story will roll and change. And in reality, she just knows that she's not feeling it. She just knows that something 
was there and isn't now or is there now and wasn't there before. And and it, it comes back to not being psychologically prepped to adolescence. Like we're not taught, you know, what we are, or how to think. But guys, like I said, we have to do our best to educate ourselves or we'll make it nowhere in the fucking marketplace where women, they don't have to really understand themselves or their the men that they're seeking because that's just the women have so much inherent value that they're just born with you just you you're born with your value you don't have to create it as have value like, but we don't use it to our advantage in the way that we could like we use it in such a way that it is adverse it's typically used to garner attention and kind of sleep around and have it like doesn't a, get us what we want at the end of the day right. it's so supported the way that women handle themselves, that it's okay. It's okay that women are doing these things, showing up the way that they are, just getting in these relationships, getting comfortable, letting themselves go. And the men are just supposed to accept that and be okay because that is the way of the woman. Right. But it's not. Like we do. You're right. We have so much power and capability. And we're just taking our energy and putting it in all the wrong places and then blaming everybody else. And there's no accountability because you can just run and get attention from wherever else so easily that why do all that extra stuff? And and the answer is because you want a real man. You're not getting attention from real men. That's the problem. That's the thing that women don't understand is when they're getting the attention from other places. And I'm not saying they got a real man at home. I'm just saying that's the problem is the is what we were just talking about, that inherent value that a woman's born with. It's tend to be used to, for the wrong purposes when they're young. Women tend to not want to settle down at first, especially when they're super attractive, because they've got all the options in the world and they can go and get flown out or they could do these things that. So why would they want to settle down? But as their value starts to diminish, that's when they start to want to settle down. And that's when they have to start working on themselves because they're starting to lose that value that they were born with. And that's when they really have to start creating value. You said something the other day that just blew me to fucking pieces about how we tend to want younger women. We're programmed to want younger women because if nothing else, they're going to be a lot more pure. The body count's going to be much lower. And your comment was that generation is so much more promiscuous that there's a good chance that the younger woman's got the same body count, but in half as much time. And she's diminished her value so much already that she's put herself in a worse predicament than the woman that's 35, 40 and a little out of shape. So it's, I don't know, it's tough. As a man, you just get to pick and choose. <laughs> I have such a hard time with this whole thing because my worth and the effort that I put into myself is a direct reflection on my relationship and my family life. So what's your job? What's your job as a woman? What's your number one goal as a woman in life? Not to sound selfish, but it's to take care of myself first, because if I can't take care of myself, then I can't take care of all the other things that I need to do properly. I could, I can, I could. That's what you're going to do to reach your goal. And I would. But what's the goal? What's the, what's going to come back? I guess I'm beating around the bush too much. My point is just that. Yeah, just be direct. The the woman 
a woman's sole purpose mm. is to find a good mate and retain that mate. Mm -hmm. A man's sole purpose is to find a sexy woman and have sex with her. And those are two wildly different things. And that's the thing, though. When a man's nailed you down, he's one. He doesn't need to stick around. Maybe he wants to, maybe he doesn't. Like, women are the gatekeepers when it comes to sex, but men are the gatekeepers when it comes to the long-term relationship. He's asking you to marry him. And that was my point with young, promiscuous women, is your value is right then. If you want the best man that you can possibly find, there's a good chance that your best chance is before you're 25 years old. So you want to do your best to become everything you can and really put yourself in the proper marketplace and really do the proper shopping because you're going to lose your value. And guys, our value is the opposite. By the time we're 35, you better have more fucking value by the time you're 35 than you did at 25 or you fucking piece of shit don't deserve to have anybody as, as a man. My point was just that your goal as a woman is to build a family, which means finding a good, competent mate and nailing him down and keeping and turning him into the lifelong protector and provider. And as a man, we're not biologically wired for that same thing. That kind of happens on its own. And we fall in love and our body stops wanting to procreate with every woman we see. So it's the woman's job to, to create the environment that's going to lock down the man that she really wants. Otherwise, she's going to be like every other fucking woman out there. And she's going to be settling for whoever she gets with when she's 35. And the bitch of it is she's probably not settling because he's probably on her level or maybe even higher, but women have such a, a skewed, delusional vision of their own worth that I think it's very common for girls to feel like they're settling when they're not, but they definitely are because they're thinking back to these guys that they had contact with when they were 25 and weren't ready to settle down. And we're selling this whole thing, we'll go out and get your bag, and then by the time they slow down and that biological clock really starts to hit, that's settling is, is your best possible scenario at that point. The best man, he was in your fucking inbox friend zone when you were 25. Yeah. Yeah. When you find somebody that you've been able to work a little bit on yourself, and I'm not saying that you have to have it all figured out for personal perspective. I went through some shit. And I knew damn what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I knew who I was finally. I always knew who I was, but it was like hidden away because I had to, I, I just couldn't be myself. And then when that came out, it was just like this whole new world opened up. And my whole perspective changed because when I was in this toxic relationship, as fucked up as it was like, I still had those feminine intuitions to want to take care of him and want to take care of the home. And I had a child with him and I wanted to do all the right things. And I did my best to try to make it work because that's what I really wanted. That's what any woman wants. But then to realize that there was so much more that I could have been, that I could have had and that my daughter deserved. And so it took a whole lot of work to figure all that out. But then 
in that, like I found this space and not taking it for granted because I know what I had and to know what it feels like to really have that reciprocating relationship. And now I can do all the things that I wanted to do before and it's appreciated. And also what you said, you have a struggle with putting your spouse before your children. And I struggle with that too, because especially as a mom, and I'm not to discredit the dad because as a parent. Have but... you ever heard the the joke Ryan Reynolds said about his about uh, Blake? What's his wife's name? Blake Lively. I remember? love her, but yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. So he was on a talk show. I can't remember. And he's talking about how much he loves his wife. And they seemingly have a fantastic relationship and whatnot. But he always talks about her so lovingly. I, I would fucking kill I would kill for this woman. And he's sitting there talking about how I love my wife more than life itself. And I would die for this woman. But when my daughter was born, in that moment, I realized that if it came down to it, I would use my wife as a human shield to protect my daughter's life. And it it was a comedic thing, but there was so much truth there. Because it was like, that's love. Like being in love with your spouse, that's love. But having a child, there is no self-sacrificing feeling like having a child. The fight or flight thing is a funny thing. Like I spent a lot of my youth and up into my middle age being afraid of the dark, being afraid of the woods, being afraid to be in the woods by myself at at 2 a.m. and being afraid to be out in the barn by myself at 2 a.m. And I'm not afraid, just extremely anxious. And you, you start to... Too many you know, horror movies. You know, I don't fucking... I don't fuck with that shit. I know better than to, to fuck with that shit. But I'm not really afraid of space at all. But but that's the funny thing about fight or flight is... And this is... I've learned a lot about this recently in, in a couple of books I read. The, the Book of Five Rings and in the art of war talking about how when you take a warrior's ability to run away and there's only fight and there is no chance of flight you will see people become the most dangerous destructive version of themselves that they could ever be Mm -hmm. and when you're a parent and you're in a situation where maybe there's an animal that's there maybe you're in the dark or whatever but you have your child with you you become so strong and stoic and you're it's not even an ability to ignore the the fear you don't even have the fear and it's a crazy thing to have children because you just put them so high that you would you would trade your life for them without a single thought And, and a good man would treat everyone that's close to him maybe not the other men all the women and children around him in a similar fashion and I think that's something that's missing from today's generation is that built-in honor. And that's why I struggled so much with what I was about to say in that when you're in a relationship, specifically marriage, that you should put your marriage before your kids. And I think it's a completely different perspective in that, of course, you would most likely put your wife as the human shield to protect your child and the wife hopefully would expect the same 
because she would right. love that. But when it comes to a non-fight or flight situation and it's just life and you're going through life and your kids grow old and they leave the house. And I think what we do, this is the majority. This isn't the, I need to put my wife in the, <laughs> as the shield in front of my kids situation. It's just the everyday. The kids grow old. They move out of the house. Who are you left with? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, you're left with your spouse. Yeah. So if you yeah. don't put your spouse first, then there comes a whole nother level of problems in like midlife crisis and the things that oh, yeah. you see in the divorce rates and stuff when the kids leave the home is because you've grown so out of love for one another because you haven't really been in a relationship with one another for all these years, for 20 years almost. You've right. been in a committed relationship to your kids alone. Yeah. Your spouse has been the person that you've been able to rely on to take kids to and from school or sporting events and the person that you rely on to bring dinner home or right. It's not the you guys person. are still having sex, but it's mechanical. Yeah, there like, is no you're going through um, the motions. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where that whole perspective for me shifted in that. Yeah, sure. In a dire situation, guaranteed, like it's my kids, but hopefully. I'm growing old with my spouse and that is in a, right. a situation. And so when the kids leave the home, I can still be content, happy, and in love with the person that I married and had these kids with. And that's the thing is we forget right. that we had these kids with this person <laughs> and those right. kids are half theirs. And when we look at our kids, we see half of them. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. They're half them even. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and it's so beautiful <laughs> to be able to, I think for me, at least that like, like that's my next milestone was to be able to raise kids and to have them leave the house and to still have that marriage at the end of the day. And I think that we don't have that anymore. And we just, for me specifically, I stayed in that toxic relationship because of her. I also got out of the relationship. The thing for her, right? Yes. But I also yeah. got out of the relationship because of her. And so it really was. It was all about her, but I I don't want my relationship with the person that I created my family with to go by the wayside just because we created a whole nother generation. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing with, you really got to understand what that means and you got to evaluate your situation all the time and make sure that you're investing into both things. You mm -hmm. know, you need to be putting a lot of energy into your children and your family in your household, but you also need to be putting a lot of energy into your spouse and your relationship and there needs to be balance. And that just means that you can't let the fact that you're so busy with the kids keep you from going out once a week or doing things alone sometimes or just setting up situations and, and spontaneity and the things that are required to have a good relationship. And then at the same time, you shouldn't be spending so much time on traveling the world with your spouse that your kids aren't even allowed to play sports. So the reality of it is that there needs to be good balance and there needs to be a better way to put it would just be that don't let the raising of your children be the destruction of your marriage. And don't let the fortification of your relationship be the demise of your child's growth. Like you've got to find that there's a it's the whole it's the wolves it's the wolves you feed all the wolves or one of them's going to bite you 
And that's just the way we are is that's the whole career family thing is you better do both. You better find both. If that's what's inside you, I'd like to find a woman that's a little less career and a little more family. Nowadays, who the fuck can afford that? So it's a tough one as far as that goes. But yeah, so there's a lot of your takeaways from the stuff tonight. I was thinking that maybe at the end of our of our talks, or maybe even periodically, we could give give maybe a takeaway of our perspective of what we learned. Because like when you and I talk about this stuff, it probably sounds we talked about it preemptively. And not to say that we haven't had similar conversations in the past, but we don't talk about the stuff beforehand. We more just go into it, right? Huh? I said, we're just riffing. We usually know what we're, we're going to start off with, and then both of us do some independent thinking and plugging at it beforehand. But when we come to the podcast, we're sorting through it. People are listening to us sort through our thoughts and bounce them off each other. And so we might not necessarily walk away from the night's conversation the same way we came into it. Like our perspectives change and evolve as we learn and we talk about this stuff and I think it'd be cool to take a couple of notes as we go and hit back on a couple of things. And and then the other thing, too, is sometimes there's things that, that kind of stick out that I like the grind my gears type moment where it's this is one of the things that we touch base on. But God damn it. This is what's important. Yeah. So I was wondering if you had any good takeaways. I know you're I'm trying to get better at taking notes. Mm -hmm. I take them as I go and and that's usually to respond to something that as you're talking that I can remember what I wanted to say to your point I know that our podcast is very controversial and that sometimes it might trigger people and that's some of the feedback honestly that we've gotten and that's the point um yeah we are not me yeah and it's not to like point fingers and make anybody feel uncomfortable. Like my, the goal is to not make people feel bad about themselves. The point is to make people (laughs) see things. I want you to feel bad about yourself. I don't want the girls to feel bad about themselves. Mm. I want the girls to be positive and to. No body positivity here. I'm not trying to point fingers and call you out and say that you're a piece of shit because you're not doing all right all I'm trying to do is give you a perspective to the fact that you and I have gone through so much and And that's it right there and that doesn't mean that we're still not going through a ton of shit I think people get it twisted in thinking that we're a know-it-all and that we have it all figured out we don't It's just, we're coming to you with our experience and our perspective. I sent you a quote, it was a smart man goes through something and makes a mistake and learns a lesson and and doesn't repeat that same mistake. And a wise man goes and seeks the man, a smart man who has gone through that and lived the mistake and has learned how to uh, negate the mistake altogether. And I think that's a very good way of approaching how we're trying to portray what we're saying on this podcast is that we've learned the lessons we've made the mistakes and we're here to shed light and hopefully create a blueprint to helping people 
figure it out before they have to make those mistakes that are detrimental to themselves, to their spouse, to their family, to their kids, to whoever it is. And yeah, we want you to turn inwards a little bit, but it's not in a way that you think. So maybe you're a little bit triggered, but that is the work that needs to happen to be able to create the growth that is necessary to get you to a point where you're not making those same mistakes. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. That's why I know I seem insensitive because I am, because I'm cold and, and fuck your feelings. Like I just, not just the boys, but especially the boys, fuck your feelings and kind of the girls too. And a lot of it is because fuck my feelings. Like I'm so emotional. Like I'm such an emotionally driven person and it's taken me a lot of effort to create discipline and positive routine and I'm extremely ADD I am I've been cut in half and glued back together I'm 40 and divorced I'm all the fucking things like you know fuck my feelings now get back on the path and do the things otherwise you're just going to sit there and just be the same fucking crybaby story over and over again and I don't want that for me and I don't want it for anybody else when I'm sitting there And I'm telling you to work out and to get off your ass and stop fucking eating bullshit all the goddamn time and to take the cold showers. And if you don't, you should be fucking embarrassed and ashamed and you should carry that guilt around and it should fucking motivate you. It's because that's me. That's me. That's how I talk to myself because coddling myself isn't going to get it done. Isn't going to get me a better life. Isn't going to be the example that my kid needs. You need to be more than whatever you are right now today. Like when you fucking are all done, you had damn well better be able to look back on your time with admiration and respect for yourself because, man, I fucking told you to get up and stop being a little bitch just like I had to fucking tell myself. And I didn't have somebody else. This whole thing with guiding each other, it's a new thing. Our generation didn't have this shit. Maybe you were lucky enough to have a good psychologist or something, and you're lucky enough for him to tell you you're normal, and it was all going to be okay. Because other than that, and read books. There's not that many books out there. There's All the intelligent people have read the same couple of books. That's it. Is it so easy that people don't have an excuse anymore? The That's it right out there. there. The knowledge is out there. If you really do want to become a better person and you really do want to create this different life for yourself, then the answers are there. You are making excuses because you don't want excuses. Yeah. You're looking for motivation. That's not there. The point is just coming back to what is a priority to you. And if you really do want to see change in something in your life, then it starts with you. And a really good place to start is with your physical health because that breeds every other positive area in your life that you're trying to transform. So we're not coming at you saying that you're a piece of shit and that you need to do these things because you just need to be a fit person. It's because we know that when you put in the work, 
and the results that you get because you put in the work, it is just a snowball effect to all the other areas in your life that it transforms. And if you really want to be the person that you want to be, and you really want to have the results that you're asking about, you really want to have that relationship with your spouse, with your kids. You really don't want to be stuck at the nine to five and you have these goals and dreams and you want something better for yourself. It, it all starts with you. And a really good place to start with is just that discipline in getting up every day and doing something, moving your body. And that like point blank, I don't know how any more basic that you could get other than it starts with you. And a really good place to do that is to start with your physical health. And if you cannot commit to your physical health, you cannot commit to any other area. Right. There it is. Right. That is the honest truth. And sometimes the answers that we need aren't the answers that we want to hear. We know it sucks. It sucks. We're not trying to pretend that it's so fucking easy to just fucking be the best version of yourself. Fucking sucks. It sucks. What sucks way more is being ashamed. Mm. That sucks way more. I don't. Yeah. The regret of, oh, I yeah. could have, but I didn't. Yeah. I'm still a piece of shit yeah. after all these years. I don't want you to be a piece of shit. I don't want to be a piece of shit. I'm going to do the fucking things. Let's do the fucking things. Stay on the path. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just commit to yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode resonated with you in any way, or maybe it left you feeling a little bit triggered, we would love it if you went over to Apple Podcast and just left us a quick review to let us know how we're doing and send us a message. You can connect with us on Instagram at Finding Equilibrium Podcast and let us know if there's any topics that you want us to sit down and have a discussion about. Otherwise, we will see you back here in a couple weeks for the next one.